What's up, folks? Welcome back to Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Letterman Row and our good friends at Fires Automotive. I'm Jeremy Birmingham, that's Spencer Holbrook. We're wearing the same T-shirt, so you know that we're on. Uh, we're in unison. We're in sync. Spencer, um, it's been kind of a weird few days on the recruiting front for Ohio State. Uh, they, they've been pretty active, um, sending out new offers. Uh, we're talking about you know a number of different defensive backs, a couple kids down in Florida, um, you know, looking around the country. Um, in Georgia, defensive lineman down there, Kristen Miller, a handful of things going on. But, um, you know, right when I think we kind of felt like it was regulating and things were normalizing a little bit, like now we're dealing with the possibility of uh, Ohio State losing an assistant coach and and the rumors about Al Washington. For full disclosure, it's 9 o'clock on Tuesday night as we're recording this. There is still no decision from Al Washington's camp about whether or not he's going to be taking the job as the Tennessee Volunteers Defense Coordinator staying at Ohio State. Um, but just from a 10,000-foot perspective, Spencer, what do you think losing a guy like Al Washington would do to Ohio State uh, as, a, as a recruiting entity, knowing that he is right now the currently the top-ranked recruiter in the nation, according to 247 Sports? Well, I, I look at it two different ways, because if there's one area where Ohio State is uh, kind of has guys locked in the best, it's probably at linebacker. You know, CJ Hicks probably isn't going to decommit no matter where, no matter who's coaching that position. Gabe Powers lives 15, 20 minutes from Columbus, and and he's probably not going to decommit either, no matter who's coaching the linebackers. And there's Nassan McCullough, who's an interesting case, which, you know, I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more, but there's some, some, uh, new developments that could impact possibly, you know, maybe impact his recruitment. We don't really know. Um, I'm sure we'll, we'll discuss that as well, but that unit seems to be pretty strong in Ohio state's favor right now. So I'm not sure how much it would affect the 2022 class just because Ohio state already has three good linebackers committed there, but Al Washington is a dogged recruiter. He's a very good recruiter. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to connect to guys. And I think it would be a huge loss for the Buckeyes on the recruiting trail moving forward, not just in the, you know, trying to get that fourth linebacker in 2022, but beyond uh, and, and into 2023 and even 2024, it would have a ripple effect from that. Yeah, I mean, he, he's young. He's from Columbus. He understands the culture at Ohio State very well. Al Washington was, was integral in the recruitment of Travion Henderson, integral in the recruitment of Jordan Hancock, uh, of Jalen Johnson, of a handful of other players in the last couple of years that weren't necessarily linebackers. And um, you know, I think the thing is for Ohio State, it's just an interesting decision that they're going to be forced to make because right now they're fully committed to the idea that Kerry Combs is the defensive coordinator. And I don't think that even if they do, you know, decide to give Al Washington a, a pay bump, I don't think that they're necessarily feeling compelled to, to add a co-defensive coordinator title to his name. Uh, and I'm not sure if that's even really important to, to Al Washington. I think that obviously the interest is there in the Tennessee job, or this wouldn't be percolating as it has for the last four days. But a lot of that, I think, is just relative to the fact that they're offering him close to a million dollar a year raise. Um, you know, and there's this little like built in, and that's crazy. I, I see a lot of people say, why would you go to that dumpster fire in Knoxville? Why would you go to Tennessee knowing that they're facing potential trouble by the NCAA, blah, blah, blah. If he goes to Tennessee for three years and does a good job, by the time Tennessee is off probation, he's in line to be, you know, maybe a head coach somewhere. Uh, if he doesn't, then there's no real pressure because you were going into a situation that was maybe set up to fail, but you're still getting paid an additional $3 million over that time. So, like, there, there's sort of a catch-22, I think, for Ohio State where uh, maybe they – 
there's nothing they can do to, to do enough for Al Washington in this situation. I know that his relationship with Ryan Day, those two coached together at Boston College. Again, he's from Columbus. Uh, his father, you know, played at Ohio State. Al Washington has a lot of love for Ohio State, but it's 2021. And recruiting is a game that is just different than it used to be, as we talk about all the time. Part of that, you know, we're talking about Ohio State coaching changes potentially, but across the the Big Ten, um, you know, Michigan hires away Mike Hart from the University of Indiana. Indiana, needing a new running game, a new running backs coach, decides to go out and hire Dylan uh, McCullough um, from the Kansas City Chiefs, who was a coach for the uh, the Hoosiers for a handful of years are in the early 2010s and was the guy responsible for them breaking a lot of uh, rushing records under Kevin Wilson. So it, it's kind of part and parcel to the whole thing. And, you know, you talk about Deshaun McCullough and uh, we're going to have him join us in a minute to get his opinion on where things are going, um, you know, in the Al Washington uh, rumor mill and what his father's hiring means to him. I mean, first and foremost, I don't think he's going to change anything. I think that before we get him on to the, the show, I want people to understand I, this isn't a situation where Ohio State has any real concern that they're going to lose him or anything like that. But I think that the timing of, of these two things happening, the confluence of his father getting hired in Indiana and the potential for Al Washington leaving at the same time does at least spook people into thinking that something um, could could unwind in that road. I mean, do you get that, Spencer, or do you think that it's all just, you know, flatulence? Well, I think that it – flatulence, wow. I think that it, it kind of makes sense to connect those dots, but at the same time, you know, Indiana and Ohio State are not on the same plane, whether somebody's father is coaching there or not. I mean, that's yeah. just the simple – the simple fact, and and you know maybe I'm sure Deshaun McCullough is not going to say that about his dad and, and that program because that's his dad and that's his dad's program. But I do think that you know you do have to kind of sit back and think, you know, Ohio State and Indiana are not the same, and I think that that's that's a big deal here. Yeah, and, and there's no doubt that there's going to be interest um, in in down the road here, um, and we'll get more feedback from Deshaun. Um, in a minute. And, uh, you know, I don't want to speak for him. So let's take a, a brief break here on Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Letterman Row Buyers Auto. We'll be back with Deshaun McCullough and we'll just get his opinion on things. And we're back, uh, as mentioned, uh, with Deshaun McCullough, Ohio State 2022 commitment, formerly of Olath. I don't know how to pronounce it. I, I've always said it's Olath, Olath, Olath. Olath. Olathe, yeah. uh, heading heading to Bloomington South High School in Bloomington, Indiana. Beautiful Bloomington. Uh, have you ever been there? I mean, you spent some time there when you were a kid, right? Yeah, I actually, uh, I basically grew up there, uh, like, through the ages that I can remember the most, like, 10 to, like, 15. So I grew up there for the most part. I lived there for six years. So, I mean, you got to feel good going back home, people you know, and, and uh, you know, a school system that you're familiar with and maybe the opportunity to, to link back up with some kids you used to play ball with. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be a real good experience uh, coming back from when I left in like seventh grade to being back there with my friends and everything, being able to play with them or against them. I mean, it's just I'm excited to be back. Deshaun, you're six foot almost six, 200 and some odd pounds, 220, 230 pounds. How, what, what size were you when you left there in seventh grade? Are these kids going to be, are these kids going to be freaked out? Yeah. Uh, when I left there, I want to say I was uh, maybe five, 10 
and I was on the skinnier side, so I was probably like 160 or 150, one of those two. You're still on the skinnier side, let's be clear. Nah, be I clear. don't think so. Nah, not so, way. So Spencer Holbrook uh, is our co-host on this show, Deshaun, and um, you know we're, we're talking really about the the wild state of affairs here. We, you know, over the weekend. Uh, rumors started popping up about your father potentially taking the job with uh, Hoosiers after the Super Bowl. Um, and, and people, I think, were kind of initially freaked out about that. And then the, the smoke really started to ramp up that Al Washington is is in conversations with the Tennessee Volunteers about potentially being their defense coordinator. I want to just dive into that part of it first, and then I'll let Spencer uh, spin off whatever he, he wants to. But how much conversation is there between a coach – in this situation like Al Washington and you and the recruits, or is this a conversation that, that Ryan day and the rest of the program are having with you guys about these potential changes? I mean, I personally, like you could personally contact the coach, obviously like I could text him or call him about it. I mean, for the most part, I know how it works. I mean, it's not anything that's like real public. It's kind of like between him and his family, basically uh, his decision on what he wants to do. So, I mean, whatever that decision is, he's going to let, uh, I know me, CJ, and Gabe know beforehand, whatever his decision is, letting uh, letting us know he's staying, uh, hopefully, or if he's going to take another job, he's going to let us know. So, I mean, the communication's there, though, definitely. What What's this like for you, though, as a coach's son who kind of understands the, the idea of a coach moving or a coach moving on or, or you know, uh, getting a – a different job that's a better opportunity maybe as opposed to to staying where you're at whether it is a better opportunity or not uh those kind of things how, how does that affect you because you seem to know it firsthand i mean i guess you could say like in this situation it affects me in a positive way just because like i know the business side of it i mean if you're getting offered a better job or something that you think you want to move up in and that's the place for you all i could do is really be happy for him if that's what he decides to do I mean, on my end, it doesn't change how I feel about Ohio State. Uh, Coach Day is the reason uh, – Coach not Coach Al isn't the only reason I committed. Uh, Coach Day and the university as a whole and being back in Ohio was a huge part of that also. So, um, you know, it's a bunch of things I take into account when I'm thinking about it. And uh, that's why I put out the uh, tweets last night everybody saw with uh, me basically just saying I'm still 100% in with Ohio State. Has it been, I mean, I guess what I'm curious about the conversation with your father in these last couple of weeks, once he really started to consider uh, heading back to the college ranks, was there a moment when he had to basically get your permission or did you have to, you know, give him, uh, you know, a blessing that this is okay? I mean, and I assume I've never personally spoken to your father, but knowing you and your family, I assume he basically said, Hey, this has nothing to do with where I want you to go to school or anything like that. Yeah. So, uh, like, obviously we had conversations about it. He asked me and my brothers how we felt about him uh, potentially going back to Indiana. And we know whatever's whatever's best for my dad, we're all on board for moving wherever, whenever we're all on board for it. So I was just happy for him when he took that job. And what was the second part you said? Yeah, I, I guess. W- was there a moment when, when he had to tell you essentially that, I may be there, but I'm not expecting you to follow. Yeah, I mean, he always told me, like, it's your own decision. Like, I'm not expecting you to come to Indiana or anything like that. Like, it's your decision. If you, you, I mean, you were with Ohio State before I got this job, so there's no reason to change. So, you know, I still respect, obviously, Indiana and everything 
anything, but uh, I'm I'm 100% with Ohio State. So now that you're going to be two and a half hours from Columbus rather than all the way uh, in, yeah. however you say that, that name of that town that you tried to tell us <laughs> earlier, uh, does it make it a little easier now? Are you going to try to get to as many home games as you can? Are you going to try and be one of those guys on the sidelines for every Ohio State home game recruiting the guys who are coming into town on visits? Yeah, I mean, so obviously you got to see how big I take recruiting already right now. So me being uh, just even closer, like two and a half hours away, is going to even be uh, be even more helpful going to games, uh, going to meet recruits whenever they come up there. So uh, I'm definitely going to take advantage of how close I am and try to be up there as much as possible. Who's a, what, what sideline are you on next October? <laughs> Isn't that, yeah, I mean, that's going to uh, be a tough question, right? I mean, yeah, gonna I'll to, be. Uh, I'm going to be rooting for Ohio State, and I'll be uh, rooting for my, my dad's running backs. I'll try to try to balance them in between. But, yeah, that's going to be a hard one, but I think I'm going to still go with Ohio State. Hey, Deshaun, who's a better recruiter, you or CJ? It used to be CJ. I feel like it's me now. Uh, CJ was definitely – when I first committed, it was still CJ. But when I got into it more, I feel like it's, I feel like it's me now. I was I was a big part of Quinn, like he told you guys uh, when he was on the show. So I feel like uh, it's close. It's close. It, it depends on who you ask, but I'd say it's me. It seems like so, they should have a. It seems like they should have a recruiting uh, ranking for you guys, not just the coaches, because they got the the coaches ranking on twenty four seven. They might as well get one for you guys too. Yeah, that's what I mean. We do a lot of recruiting. Me and CJ. Uh, it's definitely fun. So, so let's let's dive into that. We're going to talk a little bit more on this show, Deshaun, about the running back recruiting in, in the class of 2022. Um, and right now, it seems like that that has sort of been narrowed down. It almost feels like to two or three guys. We're talking about Damari Alston, uh, Dallin Hayden, Nick Singleton. Um, you know, is, is there anyone that you guys are still out there trying to like poke the bear and say, "Hey, Coach Alfred, talk to this dude. Talk to this dude." Like, who do you guys vibe with? I mean, we talked to Damari the most, the name you just named. Uh, I have a really close relationship with him outside of just talking about football and Ohio State. We're really close. Same with uh, Dallin. Uh, me and him are really close, too. We've been talking a lot recently about Ohio State, actually. So I feel like I'm building a good relationship with them. I feel like, for the most part, we don't really have to tell Coach Alford uh, anything because the players, the two, three that we're looking at right now, I feel like we're pretty locked in on. And obviously, they did really well with running backs in the 21 class. I'm going to put you on the spot before we let you get out of here. It's 9.20 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday night. You have not been told one way or another by Al Washington what he's doing, correct? No, I have not been told. Okay, because I want people to know that we're coming at him on the up and up <laughs> here. Like, this, is, uh, this has been back and forth for, for the last four days, and uh, even you guys are still in the in the dark. So. Um, I got nothing else for you, Deshaun. I'm going to let you get on with your life here and start packing your stuff. Yeah, thank you. That's hey, when do you officially when, when do you officially get to Bloomington? Uh, probably at the end of this month, maybe like the early March, like the first couple of days of March, I'd say. So in between that area. Right at the start of spring, spring ball for Indiana. Yes. All right, man. Appreciate you taking time. That's Deshaun McCullough. That's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. We're going to be back in a minute. Just me and Spencer. No longer Deshaun. So thanks, bud. No problem. So 
hearing from Deshaun McCullough, as we just did, Spencer, it seems like he and the Ohio State linebacker core are pretty well set with the Buckeyes, no matter what happens uh, with Al Washington. But do you find it interesting or or believable that like these kids really have no idea? Yeah, I think so. I think uh, I'd like to think that that, uh, you know, Letterman Rose Austin Ward is plugged in enough with the program and you're plugged in enough with the program that you guys will find out about the same time as uh, anybody who needs to know. Absolutely. So I think that these recruits are some of the people who need to know. Right. So I I feel like as long as he uh, isn't spilling the beans, then there's no beans to be spilled. Yeah. I think that's one of the things I find the most interesting about uh, the news cycle anymore. I think that there's this idea of, from people that no news, it has to be either good news or bad news. But the reality is no news is just no news. Uh, and like there's this incessant need to constantly perpetuate a story or to keep trying to say something else about a story, even though there's nothing to say. And again, here we are at 925 on, on Tuesday night. And th- you know this will go up on YouTube on Wednesday morning. But the number of updates I've read today from different websites around the internet on the Tennessee side, the Ohio State side, all just saying nothing. Uh, it, it, it is uh, really fascinating because I, I get I get it like there's this insatiable desire for like info, but sometimes there's just nothing to say. Yeah, no news is no news. I think that's that's the biggest thing. You know, we live in a Twitter world, Berm, where everybody yeah. wants to to break the news and have it instant instantly the second you hear al washington's name being speculated you knew this was going to be a little circus going on on the internet and uh yeah. sometimes just no news like you said is absolutely no news speaking of no news i, I want to dive into you know something we've talked about on this show before spencer it's when the the tweeter verse starts to get a flutter because recruits like deshaun mccullough go on twitter and start posting random photos and pictures and there's who's ready for booms and blah, blah, blah. And I think it's a good time to be reminded and and going back to this Al Washington discussion that the recruits are obviously an important part of the Buckeyes program and the future of the program. But when it comes to the daily operation and the the day-to-day things that are actually going on in the program, they're not constantly being kept in the loop or, or told, um, Hey, this is the guy we want at this position. This is the guy we want here. This is who we're actually recruiting here. Uh, The recruits go out and they make their relationships and they fortify their relationships with guys around the country. But that doesn't always mean that those are the guys that the Ohio State coaching staff is all in on or ready to uh, take a commitment from, for example. So I think sometimes you'll see things develop on Twitter that may be projecting what the recruits are wanting to happen, but isn't necessarily going to happen at least anytime soon. Am I saying that clearly enough to be confusing? Because that's my goal. Yeah, I think you're saying it clearly enough to confuse me a little bit, but I think I have it. I think I think I understand what you're saying. It, it, they they want a boom. Everybody wants a boom, but sometimes right. the boom that the players want is not the same boom that the coaches want. Right. And it's not even maybe that they don't want it down the road or they, they don't want it ever, but maybe just not right now. So there is a part of this process. And we've talked about this again on the show a number of times. Ohio State's 2022 recruiting class is 10 guys deep right now. It's very, very good. It's obviously the top ranked class in the country. But 
they need to see players in person. They have got to have some of these dudes that they're talking to and these guys that have interest in the program, they really need it to slow down. And so don't expect a lot of movement in certain areas just because the Twitterverse explodes about a certain prospect or something like that. There are uh, counterpoints to that. Like, uh, I mean, Keon Graves, for example, Keon Graves is one. He's making a four-day visit to Columbus at the end of February. That's a pretty telling sign, I think, that he's pushing the envelope here because he wants to get into the Ohio State recruiting class. Oregon's making a push. Other schools are trying to get into that mix. But the fact that he's taking a four-day visit at the end of February, that's one I totally buy. I think that that is a, uh, a likely commitment for Ohio State in the next three weeks or so. But that's not always the case with every other bit of Twitter, um, you know, excitement. Um, but anyway, we were going to talk tonight about the running backs in 2022. We did talk, um, uh, you know, about the fact that Ohio State has a couple guys in the class that they're really uh, dialed in on right now. Then those three are Damari Alston from uh, Georgia, uh, Dallin Hayden from uh, Memphis, Tennessee, Nick Singleton from Pennsylvania. And then on the periphery, there's this like percolating interest in Relique Brown, who just committed to Oklahoma, uh, who said he's talked to Ryan Day very frequently when I talked to him about two weeks ago. I don't think that there's really any reason to believe that something could happen down the road between Ohio State and Relique Brown, at least not for a while. I mean, that would take a major turn of events. He's committed to Oklahoma. He's got all his buddies going to USC. He's never been to Ohio State. Buckeyes haven't really spent a lot of time investing in their relationship. But I don't think that, that one's worth talking about. But the other three, Spencer, those are the guys that people need to know about. Yeah, and I think uh, one thing to remember in this 2022 cycle is how good the 2021 cycle was. Um, so there's not a you know a pressing need for the guy at running back, but you always want a version of the guy at running back in every class. Um, and the Buckeyes might have found that in 2020 with Mayan Williams uh, because he seemed to be pretty good. Uh, they found it twice in 2021. So I think that's the biggest thing to remember is you don't have to have a, a wide net here. You can kind of focus in on the guy you really, really want or the two guys you really, really want because it's just not as much of a pressing need to find that home run running back as it was in the 2021 class. I think that helps Ohio State because now they can go out, they can single out a couple guys that they really, really want and and just kind of have a stress-free recruiting process of, trying to recruit one or two guys rather than cast that wide net and find a bunch of guys and then try to zero in on one of those. Yeah, exactly. And what you're looking for here, and I think one of the more fascinating subplots of this entire recruiting cycle is what happens in the current running back room at Ohio State, because I know the plan for 22 is to take one running back and be content with it when you have Master Teague and Marcus Crowley and Steel Chambers and Mayan Williams and Nevin Pryor and Travion Henderson. You've got a lot of dudes, but with that, you expect that attrition is going to happen from one or two places. Uh, Master Teague will be out of the program probably by the time this 22 class arrives. I think he, I mean, he would have an extra year if he wants it, but I don't know that he'll uh, take advantage of that uh, now that he's already into his master's program at Ohio State. Um, and I think that there's a possibility that you could see the Buckeyes go after a second running back in 22. Um but I don't know that that is the plan. And I don't think it's expected to really be the plan for a while. But if they do, and we've talked about Jabron Payne from Cincinnati LaSalle on the, on 
on Letterman Row before. He's a, a really interesting player and sort of like a, a poor man's version of, of Relique Brown and one that's a lot closer to home if the Buckeyes really are looking for one of those hybrid type players that maybe can uh, move around a little bit. So um, to me, the, the fit is, is the most important thing here. And that's why it seems very clear that Tony Alford has narrowed in on three guys in Down Hayden, Damari Alston, and Nick Singleton, who really are just top-notch kids um, that also are pretty darn good running backs. I, I personally think it leans probably towards Hayden at this point, but that's why it's so fascinating when you see what's happening at Tennessee because his father played at Tennessee. You know there's going to be a renewed push there from Josh Heupel to keep all the best players in, in Tennessee, but with a handful of players around the country – uh, our top players from Tennessee that are being recruited around the country, it's going to be a difficult year for him to do that. And I think one of the other things to remember is that uh, Dallin Hayden is from Memphis. And I don't know the last time you looked at a map of the state of Tennessee. Memphis and Knoxville are not close. Yeah. And they're not even really culturally the same Tennessee. Like it's all Tennessee, but it's not really all Tennessee. Uh, so I think that is something to keep an eye on because the top players in Tennessee, but all the top players in Tennessee need to go to Tennessee for Tennessee to be good. But also like that is a long way away from each other. And so, yeah, and, and Hayden, like I said, his dad did play at UT Knoxville. So, you know, that there's at least a, a lure there, but he did grow up in Columbus as a, as a very young kid. So, I mean, there is some Ohio ties there as well. His dad had a job in Columbus when he was younger. So those are the three to really know. And, and as Spencer and I uh, go along these next few weeks and months of talking stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Letterman Row and Byers Automotive. We will start breaking down more position by position uh, in the class of 2022. We're going to skip the quarterback spot for now because the Buckeyes have the best player in the country committed. And uh, that one right now, there's not a lot of intrigue, especially as Texas looks that they're going to be closing in on a potential commitment from Malik Murphy from California in the near future. If that happens, I think a lot of the, the, hand-wringing that people have done about the potential for a Quinn Ewers flip will, will subside. So that's on the horizon potentially for the Longhorns. So keep an eye on that, I guess. Um, anything else, Spencer? Not really. I think we're, we're pretty well set. All right. Well, that's been Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Rail and Byers Auto. I want to thank Deshaun McCullough for joining me, Jeremy Birmingham. That's Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. We'll see you next time.